What up everybody, Dustin and David here from the Rugged Arts, welcoming you back to another fun and exciting episode. Thanks for tuning in today and choosing to spend a little bit of your time here with us. So, without further ado, this is the Rugged Arts. Bro, bro, you busted out the utility kilt. Hell yes I did. That's awesome. Listen, I, I got a standing rule. I don't want to wear any clothing once it cracks 100 degrees. So this is as close as I can get in public to... Uh... I appreciate you wearing clothing. Oh, you're welcome. You know. Yes. Just for, only because we're in such an intimate setting here when I put my clothing on. We no, are. I'm kidding. But I do like the kilt. It is pretty comfortable. I don't fit mine anymore. Uh-oh. Yeah, I need to work on that. <laughs> I need to... A couple to, more setups. I need to do that. Yeah. There's There's a lot I need to do. But yeah, I don't feel I don't fit mine anymore. Really? Not and not, it's not because I've gotten skinnier. Obviously, <laughs> I haven't gotten skinnier. Bad life getting to you, huh? Sure. Yeah, like I look down now, and when I'm when I'm belted in, I can't see the seatbelt where it comes across my waistband. <gasps> so it hides under this like little roll kind of nicely. I wish y'all could see this. He has like like seriously a tiny little it's pinch little... when he sticks out his gut. No, look at this. That's a healthy pinch. <laughs> I mean, it's not healthy. It's not healthy, but it's not a little time. Like, if I go, insulated, like, look at that. Player. I can't even, like, a one inch. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Try and do a one inch pinch. It's not happening. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, on your way here, was the traffic bad? No, traffic's no? fine. Good. Okay, good. All right. Um, I had some ideas Did on you? what to kind of chit chat about. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but the uh, this is not rugged arts related, but we're gonna chat about it because it just came up. Okay. Basically, the government said UFOs are real. I heard a rumor about that, but I haven't looked into it yet. Yeah. Did you, did you look into it? I was listening to the uh, the the thing on the way here, and it's like long story short because it's like a couple pages long, but basically they were saying that. We would like to, uh, you know, investigate this more. It, it's basically everything uh, 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 Lou Elizondo said it would be in the sense that, like, it's a brief synops synopsis of the fact that they can't explain what's going on. They can't confirm or deny anything. They won't tell you that it's this, that, or the other because they don't have conclusive enough information. And they want the ability to pursue investigating these uh issues but right now obviously they don't have the fiscal budget to support it they don't have proper programs in place for uh, nah. capturing the the proper uh, uh information as it's coming in and, and so on so mm -hmm. but that's a big step because you know before that they never like wanted to admit that it even was real a real thing you know well, they kind of still haven't. Well, no, they have because they're saying they're not saying that yes, they're UFOs. They're saying, "Hey, look, we agree with you. These are interesting, and we can't explain them, and we want to investigate them." That's in a way confirming that it's not ours, and we don't know whose it is, I, I, and so we want to <laughs> develop programs for, you know, investigating. I mean, I hear further. you. I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that. My cynical mind is now saying that, well, this is a money grab. This is, let's yep. throw this teaser sure. out there because 
you say UFOs and you know half the population gets you know has an opinion favorable to pursuing this line of thought sure and so well we need a little more funding if we want to pursue this but we think it might be real we're not saying it's not real we're also not saying it is real but if we only had the funding yeah you know see no i i get what you're i i get what you're saying and uh they you you'll have to listen to it yourself but i thought it was pretty interesting it does sound in a way a little bit like a money grab but at the same time like all they have are like so here's the problem with investigating right if you want to say conclusively this one thing so what i'm saying is is when you're doing the investigation like you got to be able to say oh i got this information from this one source so you have to have one source where all of the information is being pulled to instead of saying well i have these four or five different groups and these are things they're saying and then like it's almost like a a game of telephone you know you want to be like this is the one place we get this info from and then you know they only accept certain types of info um because you don't want all the like hearsay stuff because you can't prove any of it well it's the same thing as as when you bring in when any scientist or doctor or anyone in the research field brings forth a new theory it has to be peer-reviewed it has to be looked over by people in your field who also study what you study and it has to be vetted because otherwise it's just some wild theory that you came up with right so like i imagine like yeah you can't just go out and say oh yeah no because so and so over here said that they saw one that's real no we need concrete sure so where do you where do you land on aliens then? Do you believe that? There's... Well, I didn't even say anything about aliens. I'm just saying UFOs. Which, to be clear, well, UFOs is just unidentified flying objects, right? right? Well, yes. All right. Okay. So but, we're not going to go down that bunny oh, trail. We got to go down a little bit. That's not you really brought what this we're up. Here for. No, 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 no. You brought this up. I got to know where does Dustin fall? Is there? There. I figure there's three categories, right? There's planets that could sustain life, but you know, microbes and plants and things. Uh-huh. There's plant planets that are like ours, where they have some sort of life form, be it animals or humanoids or, you know, some sort of intelligent life. Sure. And then you've got, like, the sci-fi version of aliens where they're flying through the galaxy at light speed and coming and visiting planets, and they look like all kinds of things. Well... Where do you fall in that spectrum? Uh, or are there none? I guess that's the fourth one. I'm going to kind of go with... Uh, I'm going to kind of go with what Neil deGrasse Tyson said and then I'll kind of morph into what like how I feel and I'll try and be quick so basically Neil deGrasse Tyson said in an interview with Joe Rogan that there are four elements that make up everything in the world right the 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 pencil you use to write with the paper you everything there's these four basic elements that make up everything Mm -hmm. okay and that's the same throughout the entire universe galaxy all of space and he said so if space is truly infinite and we we know that there's an infinite number of planets out there and an infinite number of this and that or whatever out in the galaxy okay to say that one little petri dish of four elements came up with the conclusion of us like we are one experiment of four elements and this is what that experiment has given us okay to say that the one petri dish out of an infinite number of petri dishes had life 
and that life was intelligent enough to like start embarking on trips outside of its own atmosphere is you know kind of not accurate like it, it would be statistically unlikely. statistically <laughs> unlikely yeah to 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 be that way it, it mm -hmm. makes more statistical sense that you would have maybe a couple different variations of it, of that experiment that might be similar in a lot of ways some ways not so much as others but the fact that you know uh you have one experiment that showed that there's uh intelligent life out there and we are that experiment then there is reason to suspect that there is intelligent life out there elsewhere where how many i don't know who knows what are they capable of i don't know because to be like considered intelligent life you don't have to be able to travel the galaxy you just have to be able to you know uh be a master and commander of your environment so to speak yeah. okay so there's different levels of intelligent life sure okay um so I kind of fall right in there as far as like uh, UFOs and UAPs visiting our planet. I'm kind of in the Joe Rogan camp, which is to say that to me, it makes more logical sense that they're drones from other planets in the same way we send out drones to like Mars or the moon or whatever to investigate the planets. Sure. Like we already do this. Right, and we barely have a grasp of and we technology. Barely, yeah, we flew a helicopter on another planet. We literally are a UFO on right. another planet, right? So it's not so it, like so you can see the 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 jump to another intelligent life out there somewhere having the same abilities on a more advanced level than us visiting our planet to kind of check us out because we're interesting is not that unrealistic. Yeah. So, uh, and like from some of the stuff that they were, uh, they, uh, Commander David Fravor and a couple of uh, astrophysicists that have been on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, and I follow Joe Rogan a we lot, obviously. Noticed. Yeah. Uh, but he has on a lot of credible people, so that's why I follow him, because he's got a lot of people that know their stuff and know what they're talking about. But anyways, if you go on to other, there's a couple of uh, different... Uh, YouTubers out there that do these uh, interviews uh, uh, with other people investigating like the science behind UFOs or UAPs and are they capable of these types of maneuvers and whatnot and nothing we have and by we I mean humans right. that everyone currently knows mm -hmm. uh, as far as like planes and what makes them go nobody has an intermediary like craft in other words that can go from space to you know your atmosphere and then penetrate the surface of the earth by basically going into the water they have these uh, intermediate crafts that can do i think i'm using that word right uh but anyways it, it, they'll go between those different things we don't have anything that can do that mm -mm. then on top of that like if that's just enough right there right to go okay where is this from but that right there then you uh, couple that with the fact that uh, if you watch all the video that's public knowledge, you can see it, uh, there's no evidence of any thrust. Propulsion. There's no evidence of propulsion whatsoever. And yet it moves. And yet it moves. And it moves freely like nothing's, you know, uh, slowing it down. Well, and it's interesting too because 
uh, the way that the human mind develops, it's, it's stepping stones and, and they will take some, you know, critical thinking and we'll do some, you know, uh, leaps where we kind of make assumptions and leap that other animals don't do. Um, but depending on what you're taught, right, sure. will change the outcome of what you study, what you, where your mind makes the intuitive leaps to. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so I... I we understand physics the way we understand it because that's where our logic train has led us from eons past. We also had the Dark Ages, which destroyed our intellectuals for years. I mean, it took centuries to recover. Maybe not that long, but it took a long time. So we, our, our, our original paths kind of diverged there. We may have come up with different understandings now than we have. So another planet is a whole new set of you know, a whole new set of constraints, a whole new set of ideas, learning paths, etc. may come up with new leaps, different things. And it'll be create, um, you, you could come up with some crazy things that to us make no sense at all because we can't make that intuitive leap because we don't have the background behind it. Oh, yeah. Or mm -hmm. materials. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that those planets don't contain a material or an element that we haven't found yet? That well, element, yeah. That element well, may act um, differently. Yeah, more stable elements. That, right. Yeah. I mean, if you go to the moon, more power. there's not much on the moon, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were living on the moon and we brought you gas, you know, <laughs> that, would, that whole concept would blow your mind. It would. You're right. Um... So I guess that's where I end up, though, just to, like kind of answer your question in a uh, a very long format way. Sure. I do believe that there's life out there. How intelligent? I don't know. Right. Are they running the craft that are visiting us? I don't know. I. But from what I've seen, right? Like, uh, there's. It doesn't look like anything we're capable of making. And right. and one and one of the guys that was on uh, that I that I saw and heard was saying that like we this is the, the part that I found interesting we have his words not mine and I'm paraphrasing so be bear with me uh, we have the ability to build craft that are similar like in shape uh, and even a, a, a metallurgic standpoint because apparently we have samples oh snap yeah. Um, and, but the problem is, is that we could not do it because we don't have the financial ability to make the machines necessary to do the fabrication. Hmm. And like some of the stuff was really weird. Like the way that, uh, uh, I want to say it was Lou Alizondo was talking about like the way the, uh, the metallurgical, um, anatomy of the metal is different like it's like woven different hmm. than anything we could ever do sure. like you, because it, 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 to see it they could tell that it was done on an atomic level like on, on you know by atoms right but we don't have the ability to do it that way no like not even close it's like what that's hmm. crazy yeah, cool. so it's all really interesting, and I just like listening to stuff like that. But the next few years should be rather interesting. 
Dude, I think the next uh, 10 to 20 years are going to just be mind-blowing. <sighs> but, cool. yeah. Well, I got nothing else on this topic. Well, well yeah, yeah, me neither. What, what, what did you do this uh, weekend, though? Let's, let's, oh, uh, no, I went down to a, went down to a family. Oh, yeah, wedding, right? Wedding, yep. Yeah. Where was that at? Uh, Kelso. Kelso, right down by uh, Mount St. Helens. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, an outdoor an outdoor wedding at 100 degree weather. Dude, it's so hot. Yeah, so yeah. we have animals and like we're running around trying to make sure everything stays hydrated and keeping them out of the sun and you know like we hope the wind like up here at least there's wind. Right. You know, that helps where I'm at like I have I'm surrounded by trees and though that's nice on windy days when it's rainy, on a really hot day you're like, "Ah, oh, let's cut the trees down." Yeah, right. You I know? need some airflow. Yeah, we need some airflow. So we have two ACs running in the house. So the whole downstore or downstairs, the whole downstairs is so comfortable. It's like a cooler. <laughs> so like f- today, for instance, I was outside and I was trying to shear the alpaca uh, because, dude, they that. have basically a three-inch coat on, and we were trying to get it done before the heat started to kick up. Mm-hmm. Well, it started to kick up by 10 a.m. Yeah. And so my alpaca was getting stressed. I was getting stressed. I was sweating. My helpers weren't uh, as, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? No, they were helpful. No, they just, it's, when you're in that situation and you're trying to explain to somebody how you want them to do something uh, and, and you can't find the words, and like you're also trying to focus on this other thing you're doing, mm-hmm. and then the animal doesn't want to cooperate because it's getting heat stressed. They they were very helpful. We just we weren't jiving in that moment because of just all of that. So I said, you know what, we're not going to do this today. Uh, it's getting hotter already, and, and like in 30 minutes it went up 10 degrees. It felt like yeah. Oh no, it, it did. It was like dang. So uh, we. You know, we, we stopped. We're going to just share them starting tomorrow because this is supposed to be the last hot day for the week. Is it? Well, the last 100 degree day for Right, the it week. should be tapering off. Yeah, yeah. So um, 80s the rest of the week, I guess. Yeah, I like 80s. Which I like 80s too. So, but anyway, so it was really hot. Went into the house and it was like, like you know, like <laughs> you could just feel 30 degrees fall right. away. You know, oh, this is so nice. And then you get comfortable and you're like, I don't want to go outside. Please don't make me go back outside. I will say, though, after a while of being indoors where it's cooler, you get acclimated to the cool and it starts to feel a little warmer. So if you go out, get hotter than heck, start sweating and come back inside, you get that nice cold blast again. Is is that like those weirdos that like go hop in the hot tub and then they're like, let's go jump in the lake. And then they go back to the hot tub. No, that's different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same concept, though, I guess. I, I don't do that. I don't. I have done it. Like, I'm hot. Why would I want to go jump in the freezing water? No thanks. It it's supposed to release toxins and strengthen the immune system and strengthen the body for that sudden cold snap. Yeah. Fires up your body and you feel honestly like for the next couple of days you feel amazing. Well, maybe that's why I have this. <laughs> I don't know. Well, listen if it worked. Um, it must not work that well. So anyway, uh, the weekend prior to this though, before it got ridiculous, it was still hot. It was still in the, like the upper 80s, lower 90s. Uh, we went to. Um, Cedar River Bowman for their YOU shoot. Yeah, I know. We, yeah. Talked, we talked about it. Did we talk about how that went? Yeah, we talked about it. Do you listen oh, to the podcast? No, I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I hate hearing myself. 
Okay. Because I say things like this, and then I have to hear myself say things like this. Oh, okay, got it. That's right, because we sat down and did it Monday right after the shoot. Yeah. Well, whatever. My kid did great. I was going to brag again. Your, your right. kid did do good. we got to get our kids together and shoot, man. Yours is on fire. She's doing I bet good. she's doing even better with her arrows yeah. cut down, right? Uh-huh. Yep, and we talked about that, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember now. Speaking of archery, though. See, we don't actually, call I, we don't actually come up with a game plan or a... Or uh, any talking points. We just get in here and wing it, so... Yeah, but see... Some episodes are better than others. That's how we just <laughs> repeat episodes. That's right. Uh, speaking of archery, though, I took my bow in to have it worked on because I was shooting, and I was like, okay, I need to, you know, uh, tune this rest because in my head I was thinking the arrow is going to be different. The, the arrow is visually different than the fat shaft uh, indoor arrows that I was using, right? Yep. So I'm using some standard diameter shafts so you're gonna tip for low. this, for, for top top point, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was trying to get my bullets through paper. It just wasn't happening. I'm like, man, what is the deal? And then I was thinking, okay, I thought about it from like a like a construction standpoint, if you will. I like, in my mind, I cut the shaft in half and I thought, okay, if the shaft is fatter, okay, and your knock point on your string is lined up with the center of your arrow Mm -hmm. in relation to the burger button, but the inside diameter of your, or your outside diameter of your shaft is bigger, then the distance between the outside of the shaft to the center, the radius, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, that is going to be larger on a fat shaft. So when you go to a standard shaft as your shooting arrow, Mm -hmm. this is why you have to retune, right, to a different arrow, okay? But if you set the bow up for the fat shaft, okay, your knocking point is different. So I had to go in, I took it in, I said, hey, I think my... uh, I think my knocking uh, point is not just it. a matter of raising the rest to compensate for the arrow being now tip low. You're also heel high or yeah. you know, knock high. Yep. Yeah. Be not, and no matter what you do, yeah. fuss with that rest. It's going to mess with the. It's going to nightmare. You're, to tear. Yeah, you're going to have a weird, a weird tear. Huh. So I was all the way out to like 15 yards. No, probably 12 yards, and shooting through paper, and I was still. Like, and here's the funny thing. This is why I knew something was funky, because at, at like seven, no, five yards, I would get a, a mean right tear, like super mean, right. like two inches. Jesus. I was like, holy crap. So then I'm like trying to get this thing to disappear, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, no, that rest is like way too far left. That's right, you not can just right. eyeball and go, that's not right. Yeah, I'm like, no, that's not even close. So then I eyeballed it back to like zero, if you will, and I shot, and I had a two-inch tear to the left again. I'm like, man, this is... So I thought, okay, maybe I'm too close. Because sometimes arrows will correct at a further distance. And if you're like at 12 yards and you're shooting bullets, then then you're good. Okay, so I went back to 12. It was like 10 or 12. And I shot. Now I had a tear in the opposite direction. It was like a half inch left and low. And I'm like, hmm. what is the deal? So I took it in. And sure enough, the knock point was set like an eighth of an inch too high which it you know which is huge yeah and which was super funny though because i told the the guy at the counter like what my problem was okay and he was like no it's probably it's probably fine and he put it up there and he goes 
oh yeah you're right it's too high so i got that fixed but what that also means is new sight tape i had to well yeah that would change your sight tape but i haven't set that up yet uh means i have to change my eye my uh peep yeah. position really uh oh yeah because it changes your knocking point oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yep so it changes your knocking point which changes your your uh uh kisser button changes your nose button changes your peep so i have to change all those this goes back to what we were saying the other week about one you change one thing yeah arrow diameter and now you're changing four or five other things yeah you know now luckily these are relatively inexpensive and easy to do yeah i mean i'm just fixes but yeah I'm not replacing like even parts. you who've done this a bunch of times kind of forgot or didn't think about that you know until you were in the middle of doing it so there's just, it's a lot when it comes to getting competitive and getting you know changing stuff up yeah well and that's why you really need to have a good shop and yeah. uh, that that knows what they're talking about because it's easy to go to like a cabela's or i mean not to name drop or anything or like a bass pro or any one of these what we would call like cookie cutter box stores box stores that have a i'm in air quotes archery department right um that can do some work on your bow uh, well, it's, 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 it, the shop itself, it's, it's just the staff, right? I mean, do you have a, a staff shooters that are, sta you know, that are archery shooters that know what they're doing, their response, you know, they're, they're in the game and they happen to work at a box store or do you have an employee who they needed to fill a spot? So they just grab Hey Joe today. You're not racking clothes today. You're fixing bows. Which I, I mean, they don't actually do, but yeah, you see what I'm saying. Like it's all on the staff, and, and quality staff is, you know, they go to the pro shops. They absolutely do. They do. I I can absolutely speak to that. I used to work at Sportsman's Warehouse back in the day, mm -hmm. and I worked the gun counter. And there were a couple of occasions. It's actually how I met uh, Casey Krause, because uh, he worked at Sportsman's Warehouse at the same time I did. And uh, anyways. He worked the archery department, and uh, yeah, we're getting close on time here, so I'm gonna wrap this up. Um, there were times when they would get busy, and I would be slow, and so I'd go over there and ask questions and, and whatever. I never actually helped anybody set their bow up, but right. I could easily see how it would be easy to kind of get into that world as a neophyte, <laughs> you know, get my feet wet, start working on other people's bows, and by working on, I just mean like. Uh, doing like a basic install of like a, a site, right? Bolt on, you know, stuff. a bolting on your rest, you know, things like that, and then send him off, and then you take your bow to an actual pro shop, <laughs> and they help you tune it. So that's yeah. what I did. I said I don't have time to mess around with it, so I took it to the guys over at Archer World, and I had them tune it. So it's shooting paper, it's shooting bolt holes now. So I got to go pick it up tomorrow. Nice. We're gonna have to go play, man. I don't you gotta at least do like something, you know, yeah. indoor or something. I went out and, uh, you know, I finally got it dialed in and all the pins are set. So I still can't get 20 worth of darn, but I, I'm, I'm, there was a time when I was doing this a lot and I wouldn't shoot more than one arrow at a dot at 20 because it's just losing arrows. Yeah, you know? you're stripping fletches or hitting knocks or yeah, whatever. On every shot. Now it's like. And don't get me wrong, I'm still getting close, but I'm dancing around that X ring on a on a on a blue face instead of pegging it every time. You know, it's like sure. I don't know. I think it's just 
got lazy, got complacent, need some competition. Can absolutely happen. Right on. So don't be lazy, don't be complacent, work hard, remember, hunt hard, hunt smart, and be safe. We'll catch you next week, or we will continue this lively conversation, and uh, yeah. And there you have it, folks. Another episode concludes. For more cool entertainment, subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us on Instagram. Be sure to give us a like and a share. If you're looking to contact us directly, we can always be reached by email. TheRuggedArts at Yahoo.com Be sure to tune in next week. But for now, this is Dustin and Dave. And remember, hunt hard, hunt smart, and be safe.